Welcome to Authentic You Are, the podcast. I believe that you're an amazing, wonderful human being. You are so powerful and you're needed because you're gifted with some uniquely valuable abilities to bless the world with. Authentic You Are is here to give you insights from a real life experience on your journey of creating the most wonderful version of yourself so that you can make the best out of this great, beautiful adventure called life. Hello everyone, I hope you're doing good. I am Elia Sabri, the host of Authentic You Art, in case you don't know me. Um, I'm a self-improvement, well-being and peace enthusiast on a journey of advancing in life, moving forward and creating um, and becoming. And through this podcast, Authentic You Are, I intend to tell you guys my story and share with you all the insights and lessons that have been empowering me and keeping me inspired to move forward. I am not a specialist, a psychologist, nor a medical doctor, so if you're suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. Today's episode is about a subject that I really, really, really Um, not just appreciate because it's not just something you know that is good or that is no it's a necessary thing it's the most important thing in my opinion when it comes to my own evolution and my um, own change and becoming in in my life and so without this thing that I'm going to talk about right now I could have never had peace of mind first of all safety i could have never changed i could have never made it as far as i did right now and i'm not bragging guys i'm not better than you okay i am just better than myself some time ago and that's totally okay and i i i am saying it because it's okay to say um good things about ourselves it's not a bad thing And so, yes, so this thing that is so important, that is the most important thing ever when it comes to my life in general, be it professional or personal, is um, my relationship with myself. And I choose to talk about the evolution of my relationship with myself, how it started ever since I was a child in a timeline of events. And so I'm going to start from my oldest memories ever. (laughs) This relationship began ever since I was a child, of course. The very first memories that I have with myself were in our very first house in which I was born and where I stayed until the age of seven. I remember myself on holidays, just running around, playing in the garden, no worries, just peace of mind. Until the sunset, you know, when it was time for the sunset, I used to take the stairs and go to the rooftop to watch it. I used to always be alone there. I always have memories of myself alone in the rooftop watching the sunset. We had a tree in the garden that was as tall as the house. And so I remember myself playing with the petals and just being mesmerized by them. And all of this from the rooftop. <laughs> and then coming back, I and then I used to come back to the sunset ocean view and just 
contemplate every little detail of it. From people walking in the shore, to the sun, to the waves, if there were any. Everything. And I was fascinated by every little detail. This memory always makes me cry. Because it makes me realize that that love that I have for nature and beauty, it has always been there. Although I was a child and I was not really aware of what was going on around me, but I've always loved that. I've always loved to um, contemplate and to see beauty and to notice um, a good view. And so this has always been there inside me. It was, it was there and it's, it's innate. I was born with this and it's such a great insight to me. I also used to pick the flowers and cut them. I used to open them to discover what's inside. Sorry, Greta. This memory can never go. It's beautiful and I love having it. On holidays, I used to get so bored at times while my parents are at work and I'm there with my brother. Of course, with someone watching over us. And that boredom made me do some beautiful things. It made me create moments of joy out of nothing. I would spend the day in the garden or playing with my dolls. And by the sunset, I go to the rooftop. This is for my spare time at home. I also remember swimming at the beach. You know those moments? Swimming at the beach or the pool as a child. And how it used to make me feel. Like, wow, it was like mesmerizing. It used to feel just unreal. It still feels good right now, but I don't know, not as much. Not really as much as it used to do um, when I was a child. And the proof of how much I used to love water is how long I used to stay in it. Like, just ask my mom or just let me show you some pictures of how tanned I used to get at the end of the summer. <laughs> And what I talk about here is not my childhood, you know. It's just some memories that I have. It's just the moments that I remember spending with myself. These are memories and that's all. My childhood was full of ups and downs, of course. It wasn't perfect. But I can say that I was privileged to have parents who I know for sure did their best to have me live well and evolve in life. Then, in my adolescence, I remember myself sinning. I've always loved to sin. I used to listen to songs a million times to know them by heart and then do karaoke. I used to love, I used to love doing this. I used to try my best to sin them just like the sinners do. And I still sin from time to time though. I really love it so much. In this phase, I also remember myself doing homework after school while listening to music. I think I spent a lot of time on my own as a child and adolescent. So it explains, I guess, why I am a little bit of a loner. In another way, I've always felt like I needed a little more time for myself than people around me did. And this made me very tied to my beliefs and everything that I liked. I've been through situations where I could change or be influenced by my environment. Um, and by environment, I mean friends, especially at school. 
but I was always determined to stay the same no matter how much criticized I got, no matter how bullied I was from for the way I used to talk, the way I used to behave. For my weight, I was overweight, you know, a little overweight in my adolescence. It did hurt me and I remember myself being so annoyed and comparing myself to all the skinny girls at school and trying to be fit and I was young. I had no tools to deal with that. It was too much. And what really strikes me when I look back is that I've never listened to the critics about the way I used to talk and so many other things because I just had this kind of voice in my head that made me sure that I was right, okay? That nothing was wrong with me, that it was a sense of knowing. It was just a sense of knowing that made me hold up for years to who I was, although I wasn't really supported, but not for my weight. I had a hard time accepting and loving my body throughout these years, and it did continue until I was around 21, Then I started liking it slowly to start loving it. Today, I do love my body for everything that it does for me, for how it helps me dive into this journey of life and fulfill my purpose. I try my best to take care of it and to see how far I can go with it. I work out. I try to eat healthy. I am trying my best to take care of this body that has given me so much and to also just enjoy it just enjoy it as simply as it as it sounds we spend i believe that most people and i am one of them i used to be one of them we used we spend so much time criticizing and um underestimating and undermining and comparing our bodies to other people's bodies and to while we can just enjoy our bodies because our bodies are doing a lot for us it's your body that that is waking up actually in the morning and going to work for example it's your body that um gets you to um have fun it's your body that gets you to see beauty for example to witness um something to experience the world so instead of focusing on this which is the most important thing, which is the inside, the main thing about our bodies, we are worrying about how our bodies look. I believe, you know what happened with my body? Do you know how I changed my body? Because I did change my body. I lost some weight in these last years. And you know how it started? It started by me focusing on the function of my body and being grateful for that function and loving it because when you love something you take care of it and my goal was never to make it look better my goal has always been to have a healthy good body you know that because my body is working for me and I want to do something back I want to do something to pay it back and um This helped me a lot to keep moving it, to um, eat better, and um, to have this connection to my body, actually. And follow my intuition when it comes to my diet. So yeah, I will post a whole episode about my health journey and how I chose to go for it slowly to be able to maintain it. And how it helped me in this journey of becoming and changing. 
To continue the timeline, around 20 to 21 years old, I still had a relationship with myself, but I realized that it was so FICO. When I say this, I say that I had so many beliefs and things that I liked and others that I didn't really like, but I found myself drifting away and just going with the flow and conforming to what society and people around me thought was right and true. Then I realized that I didn't actually know much, you know? I realized I had no map of life. I lost sight of Aya, of myself, of where I come from and where I'm going. It was super hard because I was moving forward. I was then in my first year of engineering school. So I was moving forward, but I was so lost and literally sleeping. This is how I see it. I was sleepwalking. I was there, but not there, if you know what I mean. Um, it felt like there was just my body for that first year now that I look at it. But I always had something inside me telling me again that I was in the right direction. I've always had this voice inside that told me that there was more to that and there is meaning in, in that and everything. And so things started to change when I got to the second year of engineering school in which I specialized in product management and marketing. It's the same year when I started waking up things started to make sense and I was realizing how much ignorant I was, um, how much things I had to learn. I'm not saying that I'm not right now. <laughs> I know that I still don't know enough comparing to what I can learn or I'm supposed to learn. However, it will never be enough and so I'm not gonna let this stop me from sharing my voice and um, my story with you guys because I believe that what I do is way much bigger than just knowledge. It's from the heart. This is what I believe. It's from my experience, my feelings, and my emotions to you. So yes, I also started having these weird situations in my personal life that were extremely serendipitous until the quarantine happened. In the quarantine, I don't know about you, but what happened is that now that I look at it from the top, as lost as I was, as far as I was from myself, I found myself sitting at home, no going out, no distractions, just me, myself, my ignorance, and all that distance between myself and I. And it began there. I had no choice but to face myself. It was so hard and scary because I didn't want to be wrong, okay? I didn't want to be the problem. And especially, I didn't want to know how much work I had to do to heal and change and evolve. In the quarantine, I used to watch a lot of videos about change and growth. And one day, I fell on one of Will Smith's interviews where he said one thing that slapped me in the face. He said, if we're not the problem, we cannot be the solution and therefore we have no hope. And so I started. I accepted the problem that I was and slowly, very, very slowly, I started by watching myself, observing my behaviors and my habits and my ambitions and everything I want to achieve. I started asking questions um, like, why do I react this way? 
why do I want to do this? Why do I want to achieve everything I want to achieve? Why do I have these specific dreams? Why do I like this and not that? And when I answer, I ask again, why to that answer? And I keep asking why until I find reasons that come from deep within. These reasons give me the meaning behind everything that I'm seeking to understand about myself, um, be it personally or professionally. And this is how I got closer to myself and became more authentic because it helped me connect to myself on a very, um, on a deeper level. And therefore, accept myself as I am. Um, accept the timing of my learning and my journey. Know that it's okay not to be perfect and not to know certain things and to make mistakes. And it amazingly helped me be more centered and confident. And it's pretty amazing because at a certain moment in my life, when I was going with the flow and just conforming and doing things without intention and without knowing why, I was dependent on everyone else to take decisions for me, but not me. Never me. I could not take one decision on my own. I always had to ask someone on the right thing to do. Because to me then, other people's right things to do are right and mine are wrong, except for some few beliefs. And this is because I didn't know myself or what I wanted to do, and therefore had no destination and no guidance. And so I was always um, afraid to make the wrong choice or the wrong decision. And I also used to live in a social mirror. As Stephen Covey said in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I used to see myself from people's point of view and therefore do what they think is the right thing for me to do. And it's crazy, okay? He says that when this happens, it's like we're playing the mirror game in the park and we get confused because, oh my God, there are so many. But when I got through that phase of discovering myself, knowing my weaknesses and my strengths, what I do well and what I don't do well, why I like everything I like, what I want from my life, what my life wants for me, um, and how to make it happen, it felt like finding home, my safe space, and realizing that this home, this safe home is always there and will always be there. It felt like meeting a woman that I love so much and that was hidden for years. And that woman told me, she told me, welcome home, Aya. Just like Najwa Zibdan called her book, Welcome Home. Here's a quote from the book. Your home belongs nowhere outside of you. Your home is within you. You are the architect. You are the builder. And you are the occupant. You must find yourself. You must see yourself. Hear yourself love yourself. You must create safety for yourself. End quote. That woman that I met told me, hello, hi, you're in command. You can do anything you want as long as you choose to do it. It's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. This is the journey. The biggest mistake is to not try at all. 
is to not make any at all, is to try to be someone else, to decide what someone else would decide, and to believe what someone else believes. The biggest mistake is not to be you. I can't remember the day I had this awakening, but I can tell you that since that day, I started feeling like I have someone in the back of my head supporting me and being there for me and caring for me and helping me. I realized that everything I seek from other people or in general from the outside of myself is already within and that therefore I was more than just enough. I started enjoying time with myself, even in places where people actually go in groups, like private beaches, for example. <laughs> I started going out on my own if my friends or family aren't there to do it with me. And sometimes I choose to do it, you know? Even if people are there, I would go alone because I want to spend time with myself. I started honoring my own company. I love this verse from Billie Eilish's song, My Future, if you know it, which I love. And she said this. She said, I know I'm supposed to be unhappy without someone, but aren't I someone? She also says this. I'm in love with my future and you don't know her. During this phase, I also had this beautiful beautiful spiritual connection to my dad because as some of you know we couldn't really have real conversations and connect on a conscious level for the last seven years and so i started having these beautiful amazing magical signs that he was there and that he is still there that his consciousness is floating somewhere around me and that his blood runs in my veins um, because I don't know if I've already said this, but my dad is, has always been and is until today um, my biggest inspiration. He has done so much amazing things, so many amazing things in his life he studied, he was successful in his jobs, and he didn't do just one thing. He did so many things, and he succeeded in all the areas where he touched. And so he has always been my model. When I started having this relationship with myself, he was a big catalyzer, if I may use this word, to this relationship that I had with myself. If I may summarize this, connection that I started having with him once I had this awakening I can say that it means I'm still here I have been your inspirations and although I have this dementia and although we can't talk I am here I am with you and um, you can do anything this is it I just wanted to talk about this because it's so important and I believe one thing I heard Dwayne Johnson talking with Oprah about his dad, the loss of his dad. And he said one amazing thing. He said that when he lost his dad, he felt like he didn't feel like he lost him, actually. He said that I didn't lose him. It's just that our relationship changed. It's not the same anymore. So it was 
talking and being there as a body, um, mind and soul to being just a soul. And what we know of a soul, what I know of a soul is that it's something that is transcendent. It's transcendent to the 3D reality that we live in. And so, of course, when we lose someone, I do believe this, we don't lose the soul. The soul is always here, around us, somewhere, in another dimension. Yeah, so, to continue, I started being, I also started being very careful about my surroundings. And I had to end some relationships because they stopped working for me. And I effortlessly started attracting new ones that are serendipitously working for me just fine. My circle got so small, but I have peace of mind. I have connection. I have love. Since I started having this relationship with myself, I felt like I've been kind of swimming against the tide. And not kind of, like, I have been swimming against the tide of society and conformity every single day. I feel it. Being authentic, real, trusting myself, trying to become a better version of me, trying to better myself, becoming, choosing to see the good, loving, forgiving, staying in my peace, choosing to have a healthy lifestyle, not being reactive, you know, being proactive, feeling my emotions before um, actually responding, not reacting on my emotions. All of this is just absurd for most people around me. And sometimes it gets hard to stay focused, especially when I'm feeling down or in certain pitfalls. But I always try to go back to myself to stay grounded and centered and keep it up. Like every other relationship, in my relationship with myself, there are ups and downs. Sometimes I'm connected and centered and just feeling like, you know, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Everything's going well. I am aligned with my highest self. I agree on, with myself on everything that I am doing and everything that is, that is happening. Um, and that woman that I imagine myself to be in the future... I am aligned with my highest self and sometimes something happens and I just feel disconnected and far from myself. And just like when something happens between two people and they get mad at each other or stop talking to each other or just start being passive aggressive or blaming each other for something, that happens between myself and I, <laughs> between me and myself. I don't know why I say myself and I. It's like, you know, talking about another person <laughs> and just saying their name first as an act of courtesy. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, so on the other hand, again, like in every relationship, communication is key. It's a healthy one and a good one. So it's the case for my relationship with myself. Always. I always talk to myself either out loud or simply by journaling. Why? Because we should keep things clear between myself and I. Again, um, we should agree on everything. This is what I believe, for example. So this is my belief. Therefore, this is what I do. And this is how I act. I act on my beliefs. 
if I do something wrong or do something that harms me or something that I don't really agree with, I go back to myself and I say, I'm sorry, I should not have done that. I will try to do... I'll try to do better next time. For example, if I feel bad, I go talk to myself and I ask myself about what made me feel that way. And I try to understand what's wrong and I go and I fix it, whether it's just a limited thought or someone I must apologize to or say something to or something else related to my health that I want to consider. And journaling is so very amazing. It has been magical to me. It literally changed my life. No matter how confused or bad I feel, when I journal, it's like, literally, it's like untangling my thoughts and my brain. And it's deeper than just relieving. We all have little babies inside our brains. And these little babies take most of the decisions in our life. According to Gerald Zaltman, a Harvard Business School professor, probably 95% of all cognition, all the thinking that drives our decisions and behaviors, occurs unconsciously. So, it's not what we know is right that will drive our life, but what we have instilled in our subconscious mind from our environment and it has so many limiting thoughts to get rid of these thoughts we can train our subconscious mind and set it to think about anything we want this is what a belief is it's a thought instilled in our subconscious mind and that that thought is what drives our actions like oprah says you become what you believe not what you think or what you want. And this is what journaling has been doing for me. It has been helping me believe, believe in myself, and believe in the possibilities for my life. I love this quote from Carl Jung, and he says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life, and you will call it fate. Nice. Nice one, Carl. Okay, so this is for my relationship with myself. I'll wait for you to tell me if you can relate to what I said about my relationship with myself. If you were aware of your relationship with yourself or not, um, did you ever get lost and met yourself? How do you describe your relationship with yourself? Let me know on Instagram or in the comments. I'd really, really appreciate it. And yeah, so thank you so much for listening. Um, just to remind you, this podcast will contain solo episodes where I share my stories and, and elaborate on my journey with growth, self-improvement and well-being, as I said before. It will also contain interviews with people to share with us their stories. Thank you so much for choosing Authentic You Are. This is Aya and thank you.